Hey, hey, hello, Lincoln. How you doing? It is time for How's It Growing, your weekly gardening connection only here at KZUM Lincoln. Planting Nebraska each and every day. That is the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Hi, I'm Bob Henriksen with the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. You can find great gardening information there at plantnebraska.org. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. Uh, man, overcast, kind of gloomy day out there, but chances of rain in the forecast. Right now, I know somebody came in and said, oh, isn't this rain great? I'm like, no, we call this a teaser. It's just a teaser. But uh, there is there's a little chance of rain in the forecast, so hopefully we'll get something out of this deal in the next day or so. I think Thursday is probably the best. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Hey, you can call in today, too, 402-474-5086 if you want to get in on the conversation or whatever. We would love to hear from you today. I have two guests live in the studio, and it's kind of a trip to say that because... I haven't had two guests live in the studio since COVID country, which was way back three years ago, March of 2020. What a trip. And so, wow, excited to have two guests in the program live and in person today, actual bodies rather than just a phone call and landlines. We have Jay Seaton, and Jay Seaton is the NRD Forester with the Lower Platte South NRD. Jay, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bob. Hey, glad to have you here. And also, Will Enselman. And Will is also with the Lower Platte South NRD, and he is the resources coordinator there. Will, welcome to the program. Yeah, happy to be here today, Bob. Yeah, glad to have you two. And uh, I, I chatted with Will oh, a little while ago before coming on the show just to make sure you're going to be here, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I hadn't met Will before, but Will, you have just started with the Lower Platte South NRD, right? Yeah, I started uh, last May. Last yeah, May. Yeah. So just rookie but prior to that you came from uh the uh, game and parks commission correct yeah i was at the game and parks commission what were you what were you specializing in there yeah so i was the head of the wildlife research section for for the game and parks commission so, oh. so I supervised and oversaw all the research from you know lizards and salamanders all the way up to mountain lions bighorn sheep elk. too cool yeah, fun, fun i almost went to grad school studying mountain lions but then i just decided no uh i just decided i was done with school man i didn't want to do anymore <laughs> but I had an opportunity, either Utah State or Montana, mm, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, just chose chose plants. And you know, hey, I still love a good puma. <laughs> but uh, well, w again, glad to have you here. And and Jay, you, how long have you been with the Lower Platte South Energy? A number of years. Now. Number of years. A little yeah. over ten years. Ten now. years now. Fun. And Jay, prior to the coming to the Lower Platte South, where did you work? I worked for, uh, still work for the Nebraska Forest Service. I was a uh, technical service provider, basically a farm bill forester. A farm bill the for USDA. implement the farm bill uh, deliverables to those things. Absolutely, doing mm -hmm. a lot of conservation work through the farm bill programs, particularly equip on doing windbreaks, timber stand improvement, that type of thing. Too cool. And folks can find you guys, you know, Lower Platte South NRD, if you haven't ever checked out their website, it is worth your time to do that because they have so many cool programs, projects, just all sorts of stuff. So if you want to fall down a rabbit hole, just go to the NRD yeah, website definitely. and you'll fall down that rabbit hole. But we brought, I brought in the two fellows today to talk about some specific programs that they uh, uh, administer and coordinate. And uh, Will does one called the famous, infamous Backyard <laughs> Prairie Pollinator Program. And Will, is this a new program? This is, yeah. This is a new program we just started this year, rolled out uh, beginning of February, and it's it's really taken off. People are really gravitating towards this program. 
So tell us a little bit, kind of like the elevator speech of what is the backyard pollinator, prairie pollinator program. Yeah, so it, it came about, there's a few directors that are really interested in, um, you know, putting prairie back on the landscape. We do a lot of work through our NRD on, on properties we own already where we're doing these large, you know, um, converting crop fields into big prairie restorations and really focused on native prairie, local ecotype, you know, locally adapted species. And and this is something that a few directors were just, well, why can't we provide this to some of our homeowners and other folks within our district who are interested? So it came about, you know, partly because, you know, we already have tree programs that Jay implements. And so why couldn't we do something similar? Cool, cool. Um, That's a so, good idea. Yeah, it was. It was. And and so, um, yeah, I worked with a few folks developing a seed list and putting this together and, and getting it out to folks. And again, it's, yeah, it's targeted towards the homeowner who wants to just plant a little plot in their backyard or is really interested in, you know, native landscapes and things like that. But we also service folks who have smaller acreages you know you're allowed to get up to a quarter acre of seed with this so it's not it's not a ton but you can you can cover a pretty good area with it so some of those folks that aren't served by other programs that are out there you know the way you could look at as an acreage owner you know maybe why did you want to live on an acreage right and then you get on an acreage like man it's a lot of work you know so the the pollinator program would help kind of take areas out of that you used to be mowing once a week yeah and convert it into something that benefits pollinators. And mm-hmm. and you could start small, quarter acre at a time, right? And yeah. expand it every year yeah. where eventually you're doing five acres. But there's other opportunities for acreage owners to do more large scale too, right? Other programs yeah, absolutely. That, that, that do that. So I'm curious then, you said local ecotype for a lot of the restoration projects that you're working with, um, not this specific program, mm-hmm. but, but the NRD focuses on local ecotypes. So are you able to get seed locally, like say from Prairie Legacy or who, who are some of the folks you're working with to get that local ecotype? Yeah. So right now, so Prairie Legacy is one of those groups who, who we can, we can work with. We have in the past worked with uh, Prairie Plains Resource Institute out uh-huh. of Aurora who mm-hmm. provide that service of, you know, high diversity, local ecotype seed. And yeah. this company here that we've recently been working with, and I've worked with in the past through some game and parks projects as well as out of Western Iowa. Diversity okay. Farms. And so. Okay. And, What's yeah. their name? Diversity Farms. Okay. Yeah. I think I've heard of them. You know, folks, if you're saying, well, that's Iowa, that's not local ecotype. I mean, okay. Man drew the borders on the Missouri <laughs> River, right? The, <laughs> yeah. the plants didn't draw the borders on the Missouri River. So, right. so right. you know, we kind of use that, that, oh, within 150 miles is often used, right? Sure. Uh, yep. for, for whatever. And yeah, and it's still used today. So, so that's cool. So I'm a homeowner thinking of converting to Prairie. I'm sitting at home listening to the show right now. Um, how does that, how does it go? Do I, do I go to the site and uh, fill out an application? Yeah. Yeah. So that you go on our website and we have it under our programs tab. You can find the backyard Prairie pollinator program uh, and then scroll down towards the bottom of that page and you'll see uh, an application and click on there. And it's pretty simple. It's name, address, phone number, email, and then the the one thing requires a plot size. I'm I'm trying to tailor these specifically to people and, and, and how big of an area they want. So we're not wasting seed. We're making sure you get exactly what you need. Um, so provide us a plot size, you know, 20 by 40 or a quarter acre or whatever it is. Um, and and then we'll we'll make sure we get that to you. And right now we still have, you know, it's filling up fast. We've got about 250 applications so far. Wow. Um, and we have uh, had about 50 acres total to give out. And I think we got about 10 left. So if you're interested, jump on there. Jump on there quick. Yeah, jump on there quick. <laughs> 
I'm curious then, are, uh, the type of folks that you're getting to sign up, is it kind of run the gamut, like uh, age demographic, uh, areas of town, um, or any schools getting involved, or any, any sort of public properties getting involved with this program as well? Yeah, so it's not, it's it's tailored towards private, okay. private uh, landowners. Um, so what we do have is a few folks who are within a, a homeowners association, and so like the head of the homeowner association will call and, and, and get some seed for some common area they have on their nice. on their areas and so i've had a few of those but yeah it really does run the gamut i mean from anybody who just wants a little plot in their backyard or the front yard to yeah somebody who's yeah working on a homeowner association or out in the country on their five acre plot that just yeah don't want to mow anymore like you mentioned right you know <laughs> yeah. and, and and you think about it folks those neighborhoods that have homeowners associations which a lot of them they all have commons areas which mm-hmm. is usually the area that's prone to flooding and whatnot right it's kind of like where it's collecting all the rainwater so you need kind of a a bioretention swale in addition to a a prairie adjacent to it and it just becomes an expense mowing that once a week right mm-hmm. and and not to mention tree care of whatever needs to be done there and i say this because i've worked with aspen greens neighborhood association over the years and convinced them to plant a bunch of trees well actually it was the fella the president of the homeowners association kind of spearheading the project right mm-hmm. so we did a bunch of sedges and rushes and things in the bioswale and in moved that darn cattail that <laughs> hybrid cattail oh yeah ah oh, that thing's a stinker oh yeah and the reason it moved in was because they had done some catch basins to kind of slow the waters it was going through. Well, the plug in there, the drain got got plugged up, and it wasn't draining. So the water was sitting, and the water sitting, the cattail said, hello, uh, <laughs> I think I'll move in, yeah. right? And uh, some people hated it, uh, you know, even going outside with cattail fluff in the air. Like, and I was like, well, just don't go outside that day. Of course, you know, that ain't, ain't going to make a difference because I told him, man, I don't know how you're going to get rid of this. Um, right? I mean, it's like the... It's, it's a chore, yeah. Do you, you guys see that darn plant taking over a lot of projects uh, like I do? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, showed up on a lot of our, our wetland sites for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it's yeah, it's tough. I'm saying if you got a chance of flooding, you got a big chance of cattails moving right. in. Especially when it gets that bare soil, right. it can establish and establish fast. Yeah, and that hybrid, I don't know whose idea it was to introduce that thing. Um, or, you know, the narrow leaf cattail with our broadleaf cattail, but it has taken over the broadleaf and it's pretty hard to find a... Native stand of broadleaf cattail, yeah. certainly in eastern Nebraska, maybe out in the Sandhills, you certainly can yet, but uh, it's just a matter of time before that hybrid finds its way out there, too. Yeah, so anyway, all right, so um, once you get the application and you figure out their plot size, uh, then you kind of put together a, like, this is what we're giving to you. You can't make the choices. We're, we're Here's the seed mix. We're selected for your site, right? And right. Uh, trying to make sure it's in a sunny location. What if they kind of are dealing with some part shade? Do you have a kind of a mix that kind of is adjustable to more shady situations or not? Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, th- this mix, and so I, d- I developed a, a, a seed mix that's just going to service everybody because in most situations, this should work. I mean, you can have some partial shade, but you do want to have, you know, as much sun light as possible on this mix um you know and the goal that we you know developing this mix the whole the whole intention of it was trying to keep it moderate in height too so a lot of the grasses in there are shorter grasses so a little blue stem side oats grama some drop seed 
things like that. Mm-hmm. And and it's really Forb heavy. We have a lot of Forbs, and the Forbs we put in there are easily established Forbs and, or Forbs that are big, large seeded Forbs that you know can hope. That's that's the goal with these things because you know prairie restorations can take a lot of time before they get established. Right. So we're hoping that people can get these in the ground and have a little easier time getting them getting them started. So you're there to coach them along to say, okay, well, how do I prepare my site? Yeah. Right, and because I noticed uh, they got some great drop downs, folks, on the website here. So if you just go to Lower Platte South NRD, if you're interested in this program, one of the drop downs under programs is Backyard Prairie Pollinator Program, and uh, you go ahead and go down for site preparation, seeding, expectations. So if you have a bare soil site versus versus a vegetated site. And, uh, you know, is it compacted soil? Because I guarantee you, if this is lawn <laughs> and you've been living there, uh, let's say 20 years, mowing it once a week uh, for four, four or five months out of the year, I guarantee you just your footprints compacted that soil, right? Yeah. Heavy clay soils. Yeah. It doesn't take much. <laughs> it, it's amazing. And so uh, prairies like highly oxygenated soil and highly oxygenated soil is, is that oxygen gets into the soil, folks, by by rainfall, H2O. Because I always wondered, why, well, how the heck does oxygen get in the soil? It's like, <laughs> does it decide, you know, the air's not good enough up here. I think I'll go down there. No, it doesn't work like that. So we got to get oxygen in the soil via rainwater. Well, if your soil's compacted, you get a four-inch downpour and it all runs off, how much oxygen are you actually getting into that those roots? Probably not a whole lot. Right. In addition to the lack of moisture you're getting down to those roots, right? Sure. So we always talk about that on the program. Try to eliminate compaction, and that's easier said than done. But I like that, the screwdriver method. You don't need some fancy soil probe, right? Just yeah. Yeah. use a big old screwdriver. And then you talk about broadcast seeding, longevity, and continual maintenance. But one thing I wanted to ask about, Will, okay, as you're well aware, a lot of these prairie forbs folks or wildflowers require a cold treatment or a cold dormancy period before they will germinate. Right. Did you have to choose species? Because there's going to be spring seedings, right? Right. Did you have to choose some things that were like, well, we'll get some to germinate this spring. Others are going to have to wait until the following year. Yeah, yeah. So some of these species will. So if you look at the list and you know you know about some of these wildflowers, you'll see that. And so yeah, some will have to go through a winter cycle, be cold stratified, and and then be able to come up next year. But yeah, there, there there's quite a few in there that should come up this spring. So that, cool. that's that's the goal. That was the intention anyway. Right, so. right. Throw them a bone with the, you know you're going to get something coming up this year like right. a, a black eyed susan. Yep, yeah, yep. something some black-eyed like that. Susan in there. Yep, for sure. So. You know, because I know I've had conversations in the past with like stock seed farm you know they do these things and the biggest thing is people's patience you know i Mm -hmm. I want color in year one (laughs) and so they started throwing in things like cosmos and gallardia and oxide daisies and stuff like that to Mm -hmm. give them that that oomph well they're introduced and and it's like well what are you guys trying well they complained about lack of color so we needed to and of course they had some prairie annuals in there too that did that but then the complaint was after year three or four those other things would fade away and the cosmos disappeared, right? Mm-hmm. Because the grass has kind of filled that niche. And now they missed that color that they were, <laughs> that was thrown at them that first year. Yeah. Uh, damn yeah. if you do, damn if you don't. So yeah. the biggest thing you're probably trying to stress to people is be patient and, yeah. right? And, yeah, be patient. And and I put a lot of the information up there because it just site prep is so important for these to establish and, and have, a, have a successful establishment. So just understanding what it's going to take to establish in different scenarios. And then, yeah, be patient, manage your expectations. It might cool. take a couple years, but... If you do things right, I mean, it's it's going to look great. Are you guys doing anything? You said, what, 250 people signed up already? Yeah, 250 so Blah. far. Yeah. 
So, so I'm thinking, all right, are you, you guys are probably thinking about this going, well, we need to keep track of where these are going. Mm -hmm. And one and two, maybe we have these people become a part of a listserv or a part of a Facebook group, right? So you can share information like in a perfect world, they'd be doing like a bio blitz on their property going, all right, I'm going to go out and f see if I see any butterflies <laughs> right, on my property yeah. or any bees on my property or whatever the critter may be before I do this. Mm -hmm. And then I do this and I'm going back and going, man, I've never seen so many butterflies. We have a lot of butterflies this year. Well, it's because you planted a pollinator garden, right? That yeah. They're always here just looking for you, <laughs> yeah. right? But then by the same token, like my property, I, I feel like we have quite a few flowers and things, a lot of shade, so I don't have prairie per se, but because mm. um, I got to have my shade trees, Dave. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, but I have a lot of natives that tolerate woodland, but but yet the bees are like, come on, man, where are you guys, right? So they yeah. really need our help, folks. And the sure. more, that's why kudos to the Lower Platte South NRD for doing this, saying we've got this conservation tree program that Jay leads. We need to do prairie too mm -hmm. and, and introduce that to people and get that program going. So I'm assuming this is a program you guys' intent is to just just like the conservation tree program it's going it's going to be ongoing we're going to do this as long as we possibly can yeah yeah i i i see that you know we're going to have conversations with our directors again here pretty soon about the next year's budget and i would just assume that as as quickly as this has taken off and the popularity i yeah right. i can't see this going away too yeah. cool yeah would you ever consider doing plugs or will it always be seed yeah we, we've talked about that as an option you know similar to the seedling program that jay has it you know it comes down to can we find somebody that can produce the number of seedlings we right. need and that's a big a big chore right. as, as obviously you guys know um and then having the storage capacity at our our place to be able to do that and and, and so a lot of the, logistics yeah a lot yeah. of logistics behind it i think this is this is a good way for now and we'll see where this program goes i mean it yeah. really this you know, sky's the limit with this. In, in my yeah, mind. I agree. And, and, you know, if you don't do it from seed and all of them are from plugs, well, that I don't want to say that's easy, but it's it's a lot of logistics attached to it. But if you never do it from seed, you're not going to learn anything. Like, okay, here's what we've learned that you should do this with your soil prep. The most successful sites we had mm -hmm. did this, you know, versus this one struggled or it was kind of a weedy mess because, you know, whatever the, the case may be, sure. right? You're yeah. going to be able to learn from 250. <laughs> uh, how high are you going again? You said you had 10 left only? Yeah, we got about 10 acres left. Uh -huh. So, I mean, I, I, I would anticipate we we might hit 350. I mean, it just depends on, you know, how big of plots come in, you know, people want. but So yeah. you're doing it by acres. So your goal yeah. was how many acres? Our goal was 50 acres. Too cool. Yeah. yeah. Too cool. So. Good work. All right. Well, let's let's switch from Prairie then, Jay, and go to you. And uh, Jay is the NRD forester for the uh, Lower Platte South NRD, and he also splits time with the Nebraska Forest Service. And uh, busy fella. And uh, and Jay leads the conservation tree program as well as. Well, you lead three programs, right? <laughs> can Let's we clone? keep it at that. Let's right? keep it at that. <laughs> yeah. Can, can we clone you? Uh, okay, so I'm a homeowner living in Lincoln, and I'm, and I'm interested, uh, just my, maybe my, my ears perked up when I said landscape tree program. So let's start okay. with those folks first. Um, so I, can, I, can I go through the NRD to get a landscape tree? Yes. What we are offering, and we started it, I think this is our second year, is there was a call by our directors as we have several different programs that are focused on community-wide, but not much focused on an individual landscape or private property. So they wanted some type of cost share program or some reach out to help a landowner plant a community forestry tree 
on private property, and that's the Landscape Tree Program. Okay. And so if you are a landowner that has private property in our district, that's the big one. They got to be within the Lower Platte South NRD. We will cost share for up to 75% or up to $115 for a shade tree, landscape tree, aesthetic tree for your yard, for your yard, backyard. It's just, again, increasing a community's canopy just on an individual basis. Because oftentimes that's what's holding people back. Dude, I can't afford a tree, right? Yeah. And they're, okay, come get a little $7 tree for me and you, you can afford a tree. <laughs> but anyway, like, uh, essay. or, or, essay. or it's like, well, I can't take part in the conservation tree program because I'm not an acreage owner, right? right? I just live in town and, and those come to 25 trees to a bundle. So last time I checked, you're probably not going to plant 25 oak trees <laughs> in your property, but you might, folks. Hey, don't stop. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's a cool thing and uh, good to know. So the city, when, you, when you're able to get a voucher to plant, say, say a tree comes down, because we had one come down due to construction, and uh, I never actually went to the city again because I know a fella, Kendall Wires, who was on the board, <laughs> And he actually Googled our property, went to it, and he said, well, you won't be able to plant another tree there because it was too close to the other one. It was a 70-foot pin oak, dude. I mean, it was <laughs> it was not too close to the other tree before it was taken down. Oh, now it's too close. I see. So I haven't even checked because I trusted his word that I can't get a tree right. there. But if I was to plant a tree there, because the city has their, their, I think it was a $50 voucher or something right. like that. Right. Can you can you do both? Like, like say it's in the right-of-way, because this was between the sidewalk and the curb. That's probably the city's voucher program. Is your program more for on the other side of the sidewalk, the landowner's side of the sidewalk? Right, side? and that's what we wanted, where the city of Lincoln had their city voucher program for the right-of-way to increase that canopy. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to step on any toes. And then, two, us being the Lower Platte South, we only not only encompass Lincoln, but all of Cass County, all the rest of Lancaster County, parts of Seward, Odo. Okay. And so we wanted to help all folks, not just the city of Lincoln. So yes, cool. it was to focus on private property beyond the right of way. And, and so I'm curious. You said two years. So it, you've you've had trees go out for two years. In yep. We we offered it. Uh, last spring and then again this fall and we're going to offer it again this coming fall as well starting in about the first of september please visit lower Platte south nrd and we will help you out with the landscape tree program and then do you have any numbers in your head by chance like how like uh, let's say outside of lincoln like did it work as you were hoping that smaller towns are participating it was pretty heavy lincoln focused i would say probably over half were Mm. within the city but the other half was spread throughout the lower platte south nrd so yes there's still a great opportunity for everyone within the district to take advantage of the program and then it's just up to like that that homeowner to work with their local nursery um and meaning you're not going to tell the the landowner applying for this that you have to go with this certain nursery or this certain tree Uh, but but i imagine you also have kind of a limit, kind of like, okay, say I wanted to plant an ornamental pear. <laughs> we do have to follow a species list. Yeah, okay, good, yeah, good. It's one of those. <laughs> and in fact, this morning, someone called and said, hey, will you cost share on a fruit tree? Uh, no, that's for a little bit different purpose. So it's more focused on shade, shade aesthetic. Gotcha. Canopy. Really focused. We do have an approved tree list. A lot of natives, a lot of common ones that you will see everywhere. A lot of spruces, firs, that type of stuff, as pines. Cool. Of course, I put every oak I could think of right. on the list. <laughs> Big oak person. Right, so awesome. It's, it's more trying to, if you can go native, go native. Right. It's always going to work best. But again, we want to think about aesthetics. But like you said, 
this grafted pecan that produces this or this grafted fruit tree. No, that's not the intent of the program. Mm. Unless maybe that pecan could be, I mean, it's going to be a shade tree too. It could be. It you depends know? on the I style. bet I could convince Jay. I could say, <laughs> dude, come on, man. It's going to be both. It's going to give me pecans and shade. Yeah. You know, I know some mighty big pecans in Lincoln. I'm smart I, enough not to argue with you on trees, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a cool thing to... to in, in other words, um, if there's a native tree and somebody's looking around and saying, you know, I'm having a hard time finding them, are you able to help folks yes. source these trees too? Absolutely. We okay. do have some local contacts with multiple nurseries because like you stated, we don't want to discriminate against any nursery. So you, as the consumer, get to go choose your nursery shop around, find that tree that you want for your yard. Mm -hmm. I think when some people, somebody gets to choose their tree, there's a little more pride in it. They take a little bit better care of it. So we want you to shop around, take a look at that. But if you're having trouble finding something like, you know, you really want this, we will help you out, point you to this in that direction and make sure you get the tree that you wanted. Okay. And like you said, uh, up to 115, uh, meaning um, you go out and get yourself a $600 tree. That's up to you, man. That's uh, up to you. We're no, not we going to dictate Yeah, we're not going to reimburse you for $600. <laughs> I'll reimburse you up to 150 yeah, that's it. but at 600 uh, nope. Because <laughs> we always advocate, folks, uh, smaller is better. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, smallest tree in the biggest pot. Mm-hmm. Not, the, not the biggest tree in the smallest pot, but that's, <laughs> that's how us humans tend to operate when we go looking for a tree. Look at that big boy. <laughs> yeah, but it's in a mighty little bitty pot. And I bet if you pull it out of that pot, that root system's screaming yes. to get out of there. The tiniest root system. Right? <laughs> uh, it just doesn't work that way. It's just like building a house. you got to build a foundation first. And so the better foundation you have, the better it's going to be in the long run. Same thing with tree planting. Buy a better foundation. Root system equals growth. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. And then, and then you can watch it grow rather than say it just sits there. Because <laughs> I, I, I heard this one dude talking about trees one and he said, if if you get a, a very large, expensive tree, you're going to call a nursery back the next time. It, you, you call it, it. it. <laughs> it's not growing. You, you know, I, I spent all this money on this tree and it's just sitting there, right? Right? It's not growing. I'm looking to sell my house next year, right? And I bought a big tree for that reason. You know, we, we want you to, to plant shade trees to live for living, right. not for resale. <laughs> of course, you can do that. That's fine. Uh, but uh, anyway... Um, yeah, it was just kind of funny that he said, if you plant a small tree, oftentimes you'll name it. You know, old Fred. I see Fred oh, grew yeah. three feet this year, you know. <laughs> uh, whatever you name your tree, Spot. No, we won't give him dog names. But still, <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, you'll find yourself doing that. You become more attached to a little baby watching it grow because oftentimes those big trees just kind of sit there trying to get back their original root system before right. they start growing again and get back that original canopy. All right, good stuff. All right, fellas, I'm looking at the clock. It is 11.30 straight up, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in to How's It Growing here on KZUM. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have more questions, first of all, with Jay talking about his uh, conservation forestry program. And uh, then we'll kind of, well, maybe I'll put these fellows on the spot and talk about, since uh, Will is Mr. Prairie Guy now, (laughs) some of his, you can't live without this prairie plant in your garden, folks. Mm. So be thinking of your favorite prairie plants, okay, Will? And then for you, Jay, and I already know you're an oak guy, so but that's good. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some of your favorite trees. So if somebody's interested in the uh, landscape tree program or conservation tree program, uh, let's talk about species as well after we talk about the program in general. All right, folks, uh, keep it right there. This is KZUM. I'll be back shortly right after these brief messages. Keep it right there. 
I didn't want to do that. Sorry, folks. I'm just blah, blah, blah. You know what happened to me? This is live radio. <laughs> and uh, I got to chatting with my guests. And I, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. We gotta, I'm not used to that. Come on, man. Give me a break. Three years since I've had live guests in the studio. So I'm... <laughs> I'm still kind of like operating here. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in today. You can get a, be a part of the conversation if you have a question, comment, anything at all. We would love to hear from you. That number is 402-474-5086. We'll get you on the show with Jay and Will. Maybe you want to talk about, uh, man, I want to plant a shade tree in my property. Well, of course, Jay's the man for you. <laughs> maybe you want to get involved with that. Whoopsie. Maybe you want to get involved with the... Uh, backyard prairie pollinator program well will's here for you folks so uh four seven four five zero eight six is the number to call okay uh jay let's let's keep going uh with you um so really one of the main parts of your job has always been the conservation forestry program Absolutely. right and yep. um and so folks this is a great program and the nrd gets these trees and shrubs from our state nursery up in bessie our friend rich gilbert who does a bang up job up there and uh you know rich a good guy in fact tell you a little story many moons ago rich was a student on campus i was working at the state fairgrounds as a horticulturist and on campus there was a greenhouse that my predecessor rented to keep uh plants that over winter plants that weren't hardy right so, okay, I found that out, went over to campus, met with Stacy Adams, who managed the greenhouse, and, and uh, you know, and here's, here's the plants. You know, okay, cool, I have to come over here and water three times a week, whatever. And then this dude would come in to the greenhouse that was working for Stacy, and he had this short, curly hair, and I swear... Every day it was a different color. <laughs> so he even had, I kid you not, purple with pink polka dots. That's when, so, so that's, that was my first impression of Rich. Like, oh man. But then we'd start talking plants and I'm like, all right, this dude's. I got to ask him about his hair. Though. Right? Yeah, I'll ask him about his hair, bring it up because I'm still looking for him because he's very much, um, I don't want to say it, but he, you've been institutionalized now, Rich. You know, he's got the, he's got the, the, dressed down military yep. type looks man like military yeah man he looks now. like a military man now and always his dog accompanying him so yep. <laughs> so folks what we're, we're telling you about is he is the manager up at halsey which where our state nursery is and so you may know halsey as nebraska's man planted forest but there's also a nursery there and if you ever cruised around there folks uh, you can't go to lookout tower because unfortunately lookout tower burned up with that yeah, fire last good year shape. Yeah. and the state 4-h camp is there as well and i had just been to that state 4-h camp oh. invited by adam sutton with the nrd to come mm -hmm. up working with that nrd which is oh, i can't remember the upper loop uh whichever nrd lower loop or lower, upper loop yeah i think it was upper loop if i yeah. remember right um anyway so I, I i was tasked with taking kids around showing them wild edible plants oh which I was kind of like uncomfortable with, and I'm going, well, I know the ones in my area, but <laughs> I'm sorry, man, Halsey. You know, so I actually emailed Rich and said, hey, where should I go when I get there? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. And we did find some. And it, what's fun is we were, I actually had the kids eating the flowers of yucca. Mm -hmm. Yep, and uh, they had an archery thing after my little spiel was done. So Adam was leading the <laughs> archery part, and kids kept sneaking away. He said during the archery to go grab more blossoms from the yucca. <laughs> oh, that's neat. <laughs> so I was like, cool. And then I learned later that you know you want to get them young because if you let the the flower mature too much, it'll be very bitter. So your first taste of it might be you eat this stuff <laughs> uh, because I noticed there was some bitterness to it. But man. Folks, just Google uh, yucca flowers or edible yucca. Mm -hmm. You'll go, 
where you bend, you like the stock, like down in New Mexico and Arizona, they have a different species down there. Yes. I think it's yucca bacata or something like that, right? The, the sucker gets a flowering stalk three right, inches yep. thick. They will they will uh, shave the outer part of that stalk and the inner part's very tender and tasty mm-hmm. and they'll they'll roast it up on the fire. Oh, yeah. This one backwoods dude was showing that going, hey, if you're ever hungry and you're out <laughs> camping around in the desert, here's a, here's the food for you. And uh, all right, put that on my bucket list. But no, I've never actually tried the stalk before. With the flowering stalk, I've heard cows just relish it out in the sand hills. You know, as, yeah. as that stalk's yeah, coming I've, up. I've seen them eat. They, yeah, they'll eat it like yeah. candy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So us humans can too, people. But just uh, <laughs> look it up. All right. So Jay, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit, kind of your elevator speech of the conservation program, mm-hmm. because there might be some listeners that don't know about it, and and you know maybe you're an acreage owner, folks, or maybe you know somebody's an acreage owner. So my first thing, Jay, is before you give your elevator speech. Okay, Sam in town. But I know somebody lives out on acreage, and they've been ordering stuff from you for a number of years. Well, I want a wild plum. I want a choke cherry, or I want a sumac or whatever. Can I get some of those from you? Can people go in on an order, for example? You have to be an acreage owner. You have, you know, what is the limits of the conservation tree program? Really, the conservation tree program, where we're offering, you know, bare root seedlings in bundles of 25. I, we're not limiting who can buy. Okay. And so, you know, many times I have several people that combine orders. That's so awesome. whether it is a homeowner's association or just a group of neighbors close by and they want five plum or five choke cherry and then they're going to split their remaining okay. with their neighbors, I'm okay with that. Go awesome. for it. That's just putting more plants in the ground. Right. Absolutely. Right. Get together with your family. Many families do get together and put in a combined order from that. I've had a gentleman who has planted trees with me every year, buys three or 400, but it's between him, his neighbor, his neighbor's son, and then they just split them up. So those guys just kind of get together probably on, on emails and whatnot, or maybe just conversations sitting around shooting cold the breeze drink and grab, in the having a cold yeah. drink and yeah. having a libation <laughs> and, and they're like going hey man uh, what do you want to order this year yep. okay and then they'll kind of put in their order and then he distributes it to, yeah so you hear that folks maybe you're part of a neighborhood association maybe you just want to get more planted in your neighborhood because the great thing about the conservation tree program is they're still to this day very reasonably cost the way i always pitch it is we're in the business of bulk so, you know, we're, everything's in bundles of 25, and we're trying to keep the price as low as possible just to get more trees out into, whether it be acreages, homes, doesn't matter, just more trees in the ground. And so, quick elevator pitch is, you know, every NRD across the state has a seedling program. And we collect as many different seedlings as we think we can sell throughout the year. We do have quite a big list of diversity. Every year, I'm absolutely, absolutely trying to enhance it as much as we can adding more stuff, taking away stuff that isn't working anymore, and just constantly developing. I think this year we offered over, starting in November is when most NRDs start taking orders. I had over 60 species. Wow. And now I'm about down to 10. (laughs) Throughout the year, you just sell more and more. Oh, 10 left. (laughs) Yeah, I got 10 species I could still sell left. So we're we're toward, where cutoff date is right here in March. Okay. And so we are toward the end of the season and as the season progresses i sell out of stuff but we start taking in november you'll have full access to our entire species availability list and we do try to cover a little bit of everything whether that's multitude of pines whether that is for landscape purposes we do still sell the eastern red cedar for windbreaks mm-hmm. we do offer some other stuff like black hill spruce or norway spruce to enhance an existing windbreak 
Then, of course, with the shrubs, we have the gold standards, plum, choke cherry, elderberry, whether that is for, I don't know how many um, older couples I sell to that plant more and more plums every year for jams and jellies. Sold a lot of elderberries to people trying to make wine before. So, I mean, it's, and then, of course, the hardwood trees to enhance forest or even add to a windbreak or habitat planting. So multitude of oaks, black walnut. This year, actually, was able to offer persimmon for a while. So awesome. got that. And then, of course, some aesthetic stuff like crab apple, river birch. Maybe not our favorite trees, but they look good in the landscape. Right, so, right. But yes, absolutely. Landowners can get together, combine orders. Like I said, I can't break up a bundle. I have to sell everything in bundles 25. I don't know who in the nursery, well before my time to establish that. Nope, 25. 25 no right? <laughs> That's what it <laughs> it's is. The Bible. It's 25. <laughs> We don't have time to do five each, right? right? Or something like that. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it, right? Yeah. Just, uh, you know, yeah. You just get used to what was That's the, the way standard. it has been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it works, right? And so I'm curious, all right, so those of you listening that may say, all right, I, I, you know, I've never planted a bare root tree. What does that mean? Or a bare root shrub? What, is, what does that mean? It, like, okay, maybe maybe you're listening. You're like, all right, I'll get together with Joe. I know he's got to, he, he wants to plant some. Because folks... Uh, we need to, we used to be able to count on nature to shore up our nation's biodiversity, i.e. wild areas. And uh, last time I checked, you know, uh, you know, a lot of road ditches where you used to find wild plum, a lot of road ditches where you used to find chokecherry. I mean, where I grew up in northeast Nebraska, you know, we had wild plum, but I only knew one spot that had chokecherry. And why do I know that? Because, well, we collected for uh, jelly. And um, that was it. And, and it's like, where are all the choke cherries, right? And so you can help by adding these things within the city limits of Lincoln, uh, not just on somebody's acreage, right? Yep. And, and, and I think the big thing is, well, aren't these things aggressive? Aren't they, don't they sucker? Don't they uh, create a so-called thicket? Well, yes, they do. That's why they're so mm-hmm. beneficial to wildlife. But I tell people what you can do, and I'm picturing a, uh, commons areas where you can do islands, of these shrubs surrounded by mowed grass, right? right? So it it can fill that island and then, but I'm not gonna let you go any further than that <laughs> island, right? I'm gonna keep you confined in this right. space. So there's ways of doing these so-called, it's too big, it's too aggressive, right? Type of shrubs. It's just like any other plant. It, we can, if it does happen to get out of control, which as you stated, we're seeing less and less of it. So it must not be that out of control right. as it is is if it does start to get a little wild, there's ways to reduce it, prune it back, and maintain it, just like any other tree. It's none of these natives are so aggressive. They'll just take over everything. Right. With a little bit of maintenance, a little bit of time, it can be controlled very easily. It's not like we're planting kudzu. Right. (laughs) Or something, you know. <laughs> Something yeah. around that line. <laughs> and just the three you mentioned, choke cherry, wild plum, and, and elderberry. Uh, well, let's throw hazelnut in there just because. Just because we can. <laughs> just because we can. I do sell hazelnut, too. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, yeah, good good score. We have Aaron Claire on, you know, doing the hazelnut yes, research. Sir. And we always talk about, you know, the hybrids that they have, but then plant some of the natives around mm-hmm. that hybrid to increase the pollen. Um, <clears throat> but folks often say, well, I want to help pollinating insects, i.e. the the backyard pollinator program. Um, But I think they forget shrubs and trees are an important part, I mean, critical part to our pollinators. And those three, chokecherry, well, elderberry doesn't count because it blooms in the summer. (laughs) But wild plum and chokecherry for that early season flower, Mm -hmm. critical, right, to to pollinators. And you look at that anytime we do these, uh, like Will with his pollinator mix and even trees, if the goal is pollinators, 
there are some great things out there from, I think, Statewide Arboretum has put some stuff out on mm-hmm. pollinators that is mm-hmm. very good. The Xerxes Society has some pollinator times out on that. Right. And, yeah, you look at it, plants, just even the pollinator, backyard pollinator, increases that pollinator time, adding those shrubs, those trees to it. Now you've increased it throughout the entire season. Keep those things around. Give them, just like us, we like options. We don't want to go to the fast food place and just say, burger right (laughs) we like options right and so by adding all these different plants you do create increase that biodiversity and it just does nothing but help yeah that's too cool yeah and uh for for me um you know the 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 well what i've been doing like when i give tree talks or whatever um i've been looking up now because I, i always say to people Okay, the monarch butterflies in the news, right? Everybody goes, oh, yeah, 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 monarch butterfly. Do we know what the monarch eats? And everybody's like, oh, milkweed. <sighs> you know, everybody knows. Okay, they lay their eggs on the milkweed. All right, we all know that. And then I'll say, what about the painted lady? You know, crickets are chirping. What about the buckeye? Uh, what about the question mark? What about, you know, mm-hmm. the cecropia moth? On and on and on. Nobody knows those, right? And, and I don't expect them to. But I'm saying challenge yourself, you know, because so now what I'm doing is like I'll go to Wild Plum and I'll look up larval food source uh, and then I'll say uh, Wild Plum is known to be a larval food source for up to 33 different moths and butterflies. All right, let's put that on the PowerPoint so Mm -hmm. they know, you know, you're not just planting another pretty face. You know, this is this is a part of it. And these critters aren't going to eat up your plant. It's going to be a hole here, a hole there, a blemish, if you will, uh, but not noticeable as your the drive by. Yep. And you're not going to notice it. And so these things are critical. And then also throw in there, um, you know, because somebody's done research on how many different songbirds will eat the fruit, say, of an elderberry, you know, like up to 33 species and mm-hmm. known to have the highest on- iron contact of any mm-hmm. known native fruit, right? That Those interesting factoids. And then you start throwing at them, oh, by the way, elderberry is good for you as a human, too. Sure, she makes good skunky wine. <laughs> Because elderberry wine's it in does. the eyes of the holder, right? And you're just like, dude, I, yeah. no, I can't do that. It's, it's got its own unique flavor, right? Which sure. I like. I like. It. I call it full-bodied. You can call it <laughs> skunky you if you want, but I, I'm calling it, it coats your tongue, right? Well, anyway, of course, you guys probably wear elderberry is also very good for you for cold and flu symptoms, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, elderberry syrup and whatnot. And yep. yeah, so you have benefiting wildlife, you know, nation's biodiversity uh, as well as benefiting your your human right. self right and so i'm envisioning this commons areas not being a area just of lawn yeah. and maybe one or two little trees in there but <laughs> basically habitat right you yep. have your prairie garden in the corner you have your conservation trees and shrubs mm-hmm. you have your shade trees so guess what's going to happen when you're walking your dog everybody's going to walk to that area <laughs> Because I saw it happen in Aspen Greens. They were concerned about planting trees. I flagged for 50 knowing very well they wouldn't accept 50 trees. But I knew there was room for 50 trees in there. Well, of course, how about half that number? So I, I'm kind of doing this thumbs yeah. up to myself going, yeah, baby. Yeah, oh yeah, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, you're right. 50 was probably a little too much. So we planted 25 trees. There's 17 different species in there. And I didn't see it last year. I need to go back to see how things are doing. But, you know, we have everything from sweet gum in there. I couldn't convince them to plant a pecan because of the so-called mess. <sighs> but we did do tulip tree, uh, shingle oaks, oh, nice. uh, bur oak. Uh, a pecan is messier than an right? oak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. One guy, one guy was concerned that, you know, if we plant all these trees, people are going to complain because the leaves are going to blow in their back patios right. now. Yeah. And, and I'm going to miss my view. And I said, well, you're, I would rather have a view of a cardinal standing in, or 
in a tree Lot than I would what my neighbor's doing across the commons area. <laughs> yeah. That's really, I think, what they meant by their view. Yeah. I can't see what my neighbor's up to. Uh, and then and then the, the mess, I'm like going, I want to say, dude, how old are you? And I think he was like, he's certainly in his 70s. And I'm like, I would think people, he, he thought planting all those trees, would people wouldn't want to move there. I said, I beg to differ. I think they will want to move in this area because mm-hmm. of your the commons tree. area being like a park yeah. or basically an arboretum. We made it like an arboretum. Yeah, yeah so anyway, uh, always easy ways to convince humans to <laughs> to plant. Okay, Jay, so uh, it's a little late for people. You have, um, what would you say, 10 species We left? still have about 10, 12 species still available. Uh, some gold standards, you know, if you're looking for some windbreak trees, things like jack pine and have some Colorado blue spruce. Then, of course, a handful of shrubs. Still have quite a bit of choke cherry left. Cool. And then, of course, bur oak, swamp white oak, which to me is one of my favorite oaks that's underplanted. Swampy? Swamp, yep. That's great. I love that oak, but like I said, it's just not heavily planted. I don't think people are that familiar with it. Or in a lot of cases, they hear swamp and think right. it has to be right. planted in lowlands. No, right. no, 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 no. It's very drought tolerant. I agree. <laughs> you can it's plant a, anywhere. I, I love it. And it, you heard me call it swampy. That's <laughs> kind of my nickname for it. Old swampy. Yeah. And folks, if you're wondering the swamp white oaks, oh man, I'm looking at the clock. I'm just busy visiting with you guys. Uh, fastest hour in radio, as I always like to say with this show. But folks, the swamp white oak, that line of oaks from 33rd and O down to J Street, right along the Line Woods yeah, Park oh, is probably yeah. the best place to go. Man, these are awesome. Those are mm-hmm. great trees. Great trees, and and I know down at the Children's Zoo, um, they planted the trail that borders the Children's Zoo to the north. Oh, is that Rock Island? I can't remember the name of the trails, but anyway, nice swamp white oaks mm-hmm. there too. So awesome oak, uh, overlooked and underutilized. And I can tell you, you may not know this, Jay, but the 2011 flood, that where the Missouri River was really flooded mm-hmm. big time uh, all summer, right, for right. like a hundred days plus. There was a swamp white oak in um, uh, NP Dodge Park, North Omaha. And Graham Herbst was kind of keeping an eye on what was surviving being underwater for 100 days. And and he showed in a picture the water line that was on the trunk of that swamp white oak. And Mm -hmm. it was probably six feet up, 100 days, six feet up. Wow. And the dang thing lived. Uh, What? Yeah. It outlived, it outperformed willows and cottonwoods. The cottonwoods died, but the dang swamp white oak said, I got this. To add to that, we actually did visit... uh, Iowa Department of Forestry has a lot of tree plantings on their side of the Missouri River during that flooding time. A lot of oaks, a lot of cottonwoods, a whole bunch of different things. And of course, that spent more than 100 days underwater. Wow. Killed everything. But you went back through in the swamp white oaks, they were all starting a root sucker and come back. So very, very durable tree. What a trip. Because <laughs> wow, it was cool. one of those, they were like, man, all these are dead. And we really started inventorying. It's like, it's alive. You just had to look. <laughs> and they all made it through somehow. <laughs> so in other words, the sucker sprout or whatever coming up for the base is turning into a nice tree again. It's well, not mm-hmm. like this some wimpy little thing that's, nope. you know, wow. They'll come back. <laughs> Too cool. Too cool. All right. Well, very good. Well, uh, guys, I only have about, uh, I'm supposed to end at 11.57. So we only have like a couple, three minutes left here. And Will, I think I'll go back to you because it's been a while. <laughs> Um, so if I do want to participate yet this spring, there are still, I can still contact you. I can still get, uh, get in line for this spring. Yep. Still get in line, get, get on and do it fast. They're filling up quick. Um, we're sending an email blast to those 250 here today or tomorrow to let them know they're in. We're giving the seat away here in a couple of weeks. And so, yeah, 
jump on there. Once it's gone, we'll let you know. And if I'm too late this year, when, what uh, like with Jay with the Conservation Tree Program, yep. you have between now, because again, you might be decided, well, I can't get together with my neighbors. I can't figure this out in my head yet. But you have a whole season to figure it out to start ordering next November yep. to put in a bundle of 25 choke cherry or bundle of 25 wild plum. But if I want to do the backyard pollinator, uh, prairie pollinator program, mm-hmm. when's the earliest I can start looking for that? Yeah, so so our plan is to do sometime shortly after the new year. So okay. beginning of January, get jump on and see if it's out there. This year is a little late being the first year getting all the kinks worked out. Oh, but, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. For, for upcoming years, yeah, look right after the new year should be up there. Okay, very good. Well, kudos to you guys for the, the things you're doing uh, for our wildlife and for our landscapes and working hard to get prairies in our landscapes, working hard to get uh, more shade trees in our <laughs> landscape because, folks, you know, Forest Service has been doing surveys for a long time on tree canopy, and you may not believe it, drive around Lincoln, it's like, well, what, what's the deal? We got a lot of trees, man. What do you guys, I don't get it. Well, there's lots of big trees, and uh, but if you look closely, there's not a whole lot of smaller young trees to take their place uh, when and if we lose those big trees, so yep. critical. One yeah. other thing, one we're going to plug a survey real yeah, quick. I, I, I yeah, might, do that. I might get in trouble if I, I head back <laughs> without doing this. They might they might let me go. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so you the, forgot about the survey. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want that scolding when I get back. But so anyway, we have if you go on our website, you'll see right on the front page there in big big orange letters it says there's a public survey taking place. And so this is something that the NRD does um, to gather input from from folks within the district, uh, focusing on groundwater issues, recreation, flood reduction, and, and really anything that we do at the NRD. And, and so it's to gain a lot of information from our constituents that, that will eventually feed into our board of directors and, and help make decisions on programs or initiatives that we might have upcoming. So it's a really good opportunity. Uh, folks who participate are actually entered in to win a $50 Amazon gift card. So cool. there's that incentive up there. Um, the survey closes uh, Sunday, March 12th at 5 p.m. So time's running out. Jump on there. Provide input. We really appreciate it. Those things are really helpful for us, again, and, and our directors uh, to help make decisions. Uh, so, yeah, yeah visit good, the website. Good work, whosever idea it was coming up with the, with the plan to do this survey. Yeah, uh, for that, sure. That's great. I'm glad you mentioned to me because I haven't done this yet. So we still have <laughs> time, go. people. Yeah. We still have until the 12th to do it. Yeah, just like uh, uh, Will said, it's easy to find, or, or like you said, it's right there on their homepage. And uh, yeah, if nothing else, score a gift card and let <laughs> let the NRD know what's important to you as they move forward in their planning and strategic planning. And yeah, good stuff. Uh, fellas, I want to thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, keep up the great work and you know all the great stuff you do for the NRD, and I'll I'll see you somewhere on the green side. <laughs> thanks for having us, Bob. Good. Yeah, thanks, Bob. <laughs> all right, thank you. Thanks for coming. All right, folks. Uh, yeah, uh, we will be back next week right here for another rendition of How's It Growing. Until then, uh, well, pray for rain, man. We could use it. And uh, go fill out that survey at the Lower Platte South NRD website. Uh, make them happy that we get added about 150 people to their survey just by you tuning into the show tree program, uh, the landscape program, landscape tree program, as well as the backyard prairie pollinator program. Good stuff. And I imagine you guys have come, come with an acronym for all these, haven't you? Because, you know, we're swimming in acronyms, yeah. aren't we? No. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, right. All right, fellas. All right, thanks, folks. We'll see you next week right here uh, for How's It Growing. Have a great week.